It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into ACC Tailgate on a beautiful beautiful uh tuesday i uh, hope you're all doing well What's up, everybody? Whoop, let me let me kill my volume there on my laptop i uh, hope everybody's doing well on a tuesday you had a nice weekend hope you uh got to relax chill out a bit and um spend some time with some family get out on the golf course whatever it is you like to do on the weekends uh hope you had a blast while doing it. Um, so let me just start right in here. I, uh, I was doing, oh, I just got my workout in coming right into the show. Uh, I think you guys know by now, that's kind of how I like to do it. Like I, I could literally be, leave, I could be doing anything, uh, two seconds prior to coming live on air. But as soon as that camera goes on, it is prime time. So we're good to go. But I did a, a back workout today. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. I was thinking about this. We really underestimate the power of body weight workouts. Like, I'll be honest with you. I haven't stepped, like, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I've lost, now, a good, I'd probably say about half of this I did spend in the gym uh, over the last, I guess, year and change now since we're in April and the pandemic started in mid-March. But, I mean, over the last year and a month, the pandemic year, uh, I lo- I've lost about 30 pounds and change. Like, I was looking at some old pictures and videos of myself actually earlier today, and man, like, I was puffy a year ago. Like, I had, I had, uh, I, I had a little fluff on me a year ago, and, and it's crazy to like when you look at yourself, uh, you know, in the past, like a year ago or what have you. And you've made changes like it's crazy. Uh, it, it's crazy. Like you, sometimes you almost like get a weird vibe. Like you, you, you get that old vibe that you used to have when you were that version of yourself, and you tend to kind of want to judge yourself a little bit. But then you have to realize that man, like I, gr- like we grew a lot. Like that's what happens when you put your head down and just go for something. It's like you look back when you actually do take a minute to look up, and it's like damn, we've come a long way. Like, it's just, it's crazy how that works. But no, I literally half, like, I haven't stepped foot in a gym in, I want to say I haven't stepped foot in a gym since January. And like, I have really just focused on body weight workouts. And it's just crazy to me how much we underestimate 
uh, body weight workout. So I don't know why that was on my mind because I was doing some uh, hyper extensions and some wide push-ups on my, when I was coming into the show. So when, when you saw those of you that were waiting around in the lobby or whatever you want to call it, when I had my uh, uh, coming up ACC tailgate screen up here, literally I was in the living room doing wide arm push-ups. That's what I was doing. And here we are on ACC tailgate right here uh, on Chris Landry football. And again, it is a pleasure to have you in again. I'm your host, Will Dalton, AKA Wilbur and gold. And it's a pleasure to have you in. Uh, so let me actually, so I've got my laptop actually in front of me today. Usually I have my laptop over there where I can't like reach it, but I like to have it up because I like to see like the Twitch screen to make sure everything's, you know, as, as I'm basically the host and the producer of this show, you know, and I'm operating everything, I got to make sure everything's running smoothly. And today I'm like, why don't I just put the laptop on the desk here in front of me? I mean, you guys can't see it. It's under here, you know, with my notes that I took down. So, and not only that, but I like to be able to see Twitter so I can see live on air, you know, if anything kind of goes down that we need to get into. But uh, how about Julian Edelman retiring? How about that? Uh, I know a lot of people which I didn't, I didn't, I was kind of surprised because I didn't think he was that old. But, I mean, he's been in the year, I guess, what, 11, 12 years now, I think it was. Uh, I, my buddy, it's, it's funny, uh, when he saw um, that Edelman had been dropped by the Patriots, as I get my banner up here. My buddy, when he saw that Edelman had been dropped by the Patriots, he thought that, Oh, and, and I told him, I was like, there's probably a good chance he's going to retire because that's what I've been hearing. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Gronk retired, but then went to the Buccaneers. So he thought, I guess, Edelman was maybe going to try and go to the Buccaneers, which I didn't think so. Like, the Buccaneers don't need Edelman, quite frankly. Res respectfully, they don't need Edelman. Uh, they, they have everything they need. They're returning their entire Super Bowl starting lineup. And they are good to go over in Tampa Bay. Sorry, I'm moving my camera around a lot on you. But anyway, yeah, Edelman's retiring, and uh, it's been kind of nice to see the football world kind of pay tribute to him because he's a heck of a player, heck of a story, because he didn't, you know, come into the league with this illustrious college career. I think he started out in JUCO. I think he started out as a quarterback, or maybe that was Amadola. I can't remember. But he, he did not have the typical, you know, rise to stardom, you know, in college, into the NBA, or into the NFL, like most – of your stars you see. So I, I always enjoy stories like that. But, uh, and also uh, for our live audience, be sure to get in on the comment section. You know, I know we have great comments here on ACC tailgate. Uh, Spartan Barton, as always likes to get in on the action. Uh, Jigs dad 44 likes to get in there from time to time and others. It's, it's a lot of fun for me because one, it's fun because it's like, it's unplanned. It's unplanned content. You know, I have what I'd like to get into right here in front of me. But when you guys give me comments, a lot of times I'll go into directions that I have not planned to go in. So it's very kind of spontaneous and random and authentic, which all of it's authentic. But this is even more because it's just random. And that's kind of how I like it. And it also gives me a chance to bring you guys some value, continue to get to know you guys and communicate because I like to engage with your comments live on air. I'll put them down here and we'll engage about it. So that's always fun to do. So keep that in mind. Um, I wanted to start with something that was, quite frankly, kind of pissing me off. Uh, so Walker Kessler, 
yesterday or yesterday or the day before, whatever day it was, officially signed with Auburn. Uh, you know, obviously Walker Kessler hit the transfer portal. Carolina seven-footer freshman from this past season did not get the playing time in the role I think that he was quite looking for with the Tar Heels. And um, he hit the transfer portal, and then, uh, ironically enough, like a week or two later, Roy Williams obviously retired. And I'm going to get frank with you for a minute, so excuse my language, but seeing what I've been seeing out of so many Tar Heel fans over the last 24 hours since the news came, I mean, really, since Walker Kessler hit the transfer portal, but more so now that he has officially declared for Auburn. Because remember, um, Coach Davis, Hubert Davis, who just took over as a Tar Heels head coach, he's decided. He even said it in the press conference. He's a Tar Heel and we want him back. Uh, and I was kind of hopeful that maybe he was going to be able to pull that off. Maybe. But, you know, I think most of us thought that it wasn't going to be possible. But it's re this shit's been pissing me off. What I'm seeing Tar Heel fans say about Walker Kessler over the last 24 hours because he hit the transfer portal and because he's now going to Auburn. Like, this this stuff really pisses me off. And a lot of Tar Heel fans are, quite frankly, showing their asses on social media and on Twitter. Um, too often, I think we look at our teams and our players on the teams that we pull for and we only see them for what they do on the court or on the field or wherever, and we only see them for what they do in the jersey that we pull for. And beyond that, they're nothing to us. Not nothing to us, but like we treat them as if they're nothing to us other than an athlete performing on the field, you know, and, and that's that. We don't treat them as human beings. We don't treat them as a 19-year-old kid who's trying to make a decision for himself because I understand this because I, as obviously not at the Division One level, but at the Division Three level, um, as a baseball player, I experienced many times not getting the type of playing time that I wanted, that I thought maybe I should have gotten at the time. And there were things that I thought about for my career and for a potential next move that I might make that might benefit me better. So I've been there, and that's it's part of why I want to see more empathy for our athletes on stuff like this, as opposed to just, ah, screw them, they hit the transfer portal, screw him, he, I hope we beat him. Like, I understand that competitive angle to it, but not to the point where you're talking shit and, and just constantly putting this guy down. A 19-year-old kid on social media, and you're showing your ass about it because you're mad because he left your team. You're mad because he's going somewhere else. So really, you're not mad at him about the decision. You're mad because you're being selfish like, and, and that's the whole thing here. That's what really pisses me off about this stuff. Because I'm a Tar Heel fan, by the way. Tar Heel fan, born and bred. I wanted Walker Kessler to stay. I wanted him to come back. But I also understand that he needs to make the right decision for himself. And if us Tar Heel fans really were concerned about him as a former Tar Heel, which I know a lot of people are like, ah, he ain't a Tar Heel fan. As a former Tar Heel, if we really pull for him the way we claim to pull for him, we're going to allow him to walk and do what's actually going to be best for him and his career, and more importantly, his life as a 19-year-old kid. 
Like, and so that that stuff really just gets on my nerves um, when I see that type of stuff. Especially, I mean, you see it a lot. You see it probably more so in the professional game when, you know, you've got a KD leaving OKC to go to the Warriors. You've got a LeBron leaving Cleveland. That was the big one, uh, obviously, a long time ago when LeBron left Cleveland for the first time and went to Miami. Um, a Tom Brady, which obviously that was a little bit different because that was more of a mutual thing. But when an athlete goes and basically decides, I want, you know, Anthony Davis wanting out of uh, New Orleans and a Russell uh, Westbrook wanting out of OKC, a James Harden wanting out of Houston, you know, that athlete tends to get a Kyrie wanting out of Boston and Cleveland and everywhere else. Uh, we tend to see that level of hate and it's not right in that situation either because, again, this is somebody trying to make their de decision for their career and for their life that's best for them. But it's even worse to me. Well, this is a college kid. The dude's not even 20 years old yet. He's not even legal drinking age yet. He's 19. He's, he just had his freshman year, you know, the most difficult year any college athlete or college student has in college is their first year because it's a real life change. They've got to adjust. And he's now having to deal with this level of flack about a decision that he thought was best for himself, which by the way, a big reason why he decided to go to Auburn was because he's going to be closer to home. You're really showing your ass on social media because of that. Like get over yourself. Stop being selfish. Stop looking at him as just somebody that wore your favorite team's Jersey and start looking at him as a 19-year-old kid that's just trying to make the best decision for himself. He didn't get the level of playing time, and he didn't get quite the role that I think he wanted and that I think most of us as Tar Heel fans expected him to have, and he decided to move on and pivot to a different direction. Do what you got to do. Do what's best for you. So... You know, he averaged just under nine minutes, about nine minutes a game. But now, on a more positive note here, now that I've kind of vented a little, it, it just it just really pissed me off. Like, you know, you guys know I don't typically go in this type of direction, but because I don't like the negativity and I don't like the toxicity. But I will call this crap when I see it. Stop showing your ass on social media about a 19-year-old kid. Enough. Even though you're probably going to continue to do it anyway. But still, stop it. Stop. Quit being selfish. Um, on the other side of this, the actual basketball side of this decision, um, I mean, he got, again, nine like nine minutes per game for the most part. But he, when he had those nine minutes for tar, the Tar Heels, he was very impactful. Like he was, like you could see him making an impact. So, honestly, I and I think a lot of people that have been talking about it and covering it since he made the decision, I don't know much about Auburn and the state of their program. From what I'm hearing, though, he took a pretty good roster already and made it great. So, good for Walker. Uh, good for him. You know, he's again, he's going to be closer to home, which is what he wanted. And it's looking like he's probably going to get the role that he wanted Uh over at Auburn. So good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm going to miss him because I, I think he would have been a, a more impactful player in his sophomore season and beyond for Carolina if he would have hung around a little bit and kind of let that play out. But again, the guy's got to make a decision for himself that's going to be best for him 
And we all need to respect that, especially for a 19-year-old. Like, good God, come on. So uh, let's move on to this real fast. Oh, Spartan Barton, my guy. He says, adults don't tweet at recruits. I'm with you. I mean, listen, I I've said what I needed to say, but, you know, we'll just... We'll just leave it at that. I don't, I don't even want, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so Justin Fields, I have this vibe that I'm picking up on. It's getting hot in the room. Uh, I have this vibe that I'm picking up on that Justin Fields just continues to be slept on. Like he was slept on his entire senior year at Ohio State all the way up until the game where they waxed Clemson in the semifinal, and then he got his respect, and then, you know, eventually went – I don't know, like, even in the draft, like, it, it seems like he's being very undervalued. And I got a funny feeling that he's going to make some people pay for that. Because, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the headline of the draft. He's, like, the no-doubter of the decade, really, in college football. Um, and I think Trey Lance is going to be pretty damn good, too. That, like, obviously, you kind of like how... Obviously, Baker Mayfield did pretty well with the Browns. Sam Darnold went to a bad situation. We're actually going to talk about that here in a little bit. Sam Darnold went to a bad situation in the Jets. So we don't really know what he's going to end up being. I'll be finding out very quickly because he's going to my team, the Panthers. But, you know, he kind of – he had him – and, him and Baker were kind of neck and neck as far as being hyped up and talked about and the expectations for what they would be in the NFL – Baker, for the most part, has – I'm even going to go as far as to say Baker has maybe slightly overachieved. Not much. Like, I think Baker has been as good as hyped up. He's had his lows, but he's picked himself up, and so I think there's something to be said for that. You know, had a great rookie year, obviously. Sophomore season wasn't that great. This year made it um, – made it to the playoffs and took the Browns to their first playoff in what seems like an eternity. Uh, so I, I would say Baker, the fact that he fell a little bit and picked himself up, I think that says a lot about him. So I actually think he's slightly overachieved on that sense because usually when a young player takes a hit, it's hard to recover. Um, so kudos for him on that. But Darnold, he kind of fell out and back. And so now he's going to kind of have to reintroduce and reprove himself a little bit and show that he can be what he was supposed to be out of college. So that's going to be interesting to see. But, like, Rosen, like, he ended up – I mean, he's lucky to stay on a roster at this point. Josh Allen obviously popped. You know, Darnold again, you know, he kind of fell back a bit. So, you're, it's going to be mixed. Obviously, you're going to have your players that pop. You're going to have your players that were supposed to pop. And then it was like, oh, well, there went that. So, me personally, I feel like, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a no-brainer. But right behind him, I think it's going to be Justin Fields. Like, I really think – Justin Fields is drastically being underestimated. Um, let's see here. Got some comments I want to get to. Okay, so Spartan Barton is actually uh, disagreeing with me here. He thinks that Justin Fields will not receive a second contract in the NFL. Uh, so that that's that's possible, and and he does you know back it up here. You, uh, Fields threw three interceptions in one game 
two times in uh, one season. So, again, like, there's examples like this that you could point to to say that maybe Fields is not going to be all that great in the NFL. But then you could go just on the other side, uh, which is fun to have these conversations. You could go just to the other side and look at what he did against Clemson in the semifinal game and say, but this is the reason that I think that he could do very well in the NFL. So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, th these are fun conversations to have, um, but Spartan Barton, he thinks that Justin Fields will not get a second contract in the NFL, which, well, and yes, and, and he brings up, that was an eight game season too. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's part of the reason that I think Justin Fields, the player, in Ohio State, the team was drastically underestimated this season because they didn't have a, a depth of a resume. You know, they had a, a handful of appearances. Obviously, we they looked like a pretty good team, but a lot of people underestimated them because they just didn't think they had the track record and the resume yet. But then they did what they did to Clemson, and that was kind of that. So I do think that may have something to do with People kind of sleeping on Justin Fields a little bit. Um, and, yes, Fields is definitely the definition of a boomer bust, 100%. I don't think there's going to be any in-between with him. Um, he, you know, we, we have certain players that maybe they don't live up to the hype. But if they didn't do bad either, they're kind of just hanging around. You know, they're doing okay, solid. I'm with you on that. I don't. I think Fields is going to be. He's either going to excel or he's going to be gone, and he's not going to get that second contract, like you said. So, um, let's see here. Mm, let's see here. Oh, so speak as we welcome a new viewer. Speaking of, okay, here, Spartan Barton. Ohio State was not underestimated. They were overrated and did not deserve. A playoff spot potentially um i tend to lean more i think they were a little underestimated um but again you know kind of on the side that you're coming from you know a lot of people do think they were kind of overrated and yes ohio state their main goal all season all season was to beat clemson that old team had the best performance they ever had and ever will have in the Clemson OSU game. Now I, I do admit that I think Ohio State had that one circled and penciled in. So that is a good point. So we I mean we can agree to disagree on that one. But um let me actually get now that uh now that we're actually talking about you know kind of in depth more uh players in the draft let's talk a little bit about Matt Jones. So Matt Jones uh is a is the type of player here where I feel like you either not love him or hate him because that's not the way people are looking at it. I think it's you either think he's going to be really good. So I guess kind of like Justin Fields, like what we were just talking about, he's either going to be a big boom or a big bust. There's not going to be an in-between. I think Mac Jones, people feel kind of the same way. Um, my thought on the and the and the consensus right now is that let's see um the consensus on Matt Jones at the moment 
is that the 49ers are likely going to take him number three overall. Now, there's a lot of people out there that seem to think that's just a smokescreen uh, and that's not actually going to be the case, and they're just using that to maybe move something to do something else. This is what I would say about it. I don't know a lot about Matt Jones at the moment because obviously we're in ACC land here. We're getting into a lot of SEC today and, and outside of conferences today, um, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about. Yes, uh, and, and Spartan Martin says that he's intrigued with Matt Jones' pro career. I am too because th this is kind of where I'm at with this. I don't know a lot about Matt Jones at this point. I did not watch a lot of Alabama football this year up until the, until the end when Matt Jones looked really good. Here's the issue. A lot of times, a Matt Jones, because, listen, he, he's not the most athletic quarterback. It doesn't look to be the most athletic quarterback. Now, granted, Tom Brady wasn't either, and we know how that turned out. So you can't really judge a book by its cover, and a lot of people are right now. I don't really want to go that route with this. But I will say a lot of times a, a Matt Jones or, you know, any college quarterback, specifically when they come out of Alabama, we'll, we'll see if this was the case with Tua. That has yet to be seen. It's like, as we welcome a new viewer, um, when you have the core of receivers that an Alabama or a Clemson or an elite college team would have an LSU from a couple years ago, that one more so than any team ever. I mean, boy, they had like 11 first rounders or something like that, a record. Um, but I think Joe Burrow is is gonna is transferring to the NFL game just fine. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do this year. That's a player you're talking about. Mac Jones is intriguing. I'm excited to see what Joe Burrow is gonna do this year. Might have to rack up on some of his sports cards. So, um, but a lot of times when a when a Mac Jones or a quarterback is coming from an Alabama, an LSU, a Clemson receiving core, you know, top in the nation in college, it's like. How is that going to transfer to the NFL game when it ain't all sunshine and rainbows like that out in the receiving core? Especially if you're getting drafted, because usually the teams that are drafting in the top lottery picks are usually not the best teams in the NFL, and they're kind of a train wreck at the moment, usually. So how are you going to go from having the cream of the crop to some of the worst in the NFL? How are you going to make that transition? And so there, that is the only thing I would wonder about with Mac Jones is, is he going to be able to make that transition from having the elitist weapons you can have in college to having, eh, I don't know. Where I, my gut is telling me this. I don't know why. I was literally driving up the road. I had a softball game to call last week and I was driving up the road and, you know, I, I've been listening to, I guess, a lot of sports talk and I guess Mac Jones had been coming up a lot that day. And I, this kind of thought popped in my head. We'll see how this lands for you. So there are those out there that, as far as the rumors are concerned, that Matt Jones goes uh, to the Niners. There are those that thinks the Niners would be not very smart to make that move. They would be much better off with a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, and maybe so. But on the Matt Jones side of this, I think, that if Matt Jones goes anywhere but the 49ers in the draft, I have a hunch that he's going to be kind of like Sam Darnold was 
going to the Jets. Let me explain. And I actually did kind of explain it already just a minute ago, but we'll, we'll do it again. Darnold was right up there with Baker Mayfield as far as hype and as far as expectation coming out of the draft in 2018, I think it was. He goes to the Jets. Started off, I guess, okay at the very beginning. Had his moments, but over time, you know, between the Jets culture and mainly just the Jets culture and their, their personnel, Sam Darnold kind of fell back. We didn't hear, you know, it, almost to the point where we just assumed he was the, a bust. So now the ultimate question is going to be, you know, was it the Jets' bad culture that was making him kind of not so great, or was it Sam Darnold and his, that was making him not so great? We're going to find out very soon because the Panthers got a very good offense. That I know. So we're going to be finding out very soon. He's going to be reunited with um, Robbie Anderson. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey behind him. And, you know, the O-line's being rebuilt. So we're going to find out about Sam Darnold very soon. Don't worry about that. But on the Matt Jones, but the point there is Sam Darnold going to the Jets, he very quickly kind of fell back, and we didn't hear much about him anymore, and we just assumed he was a bust. I think that is going to potentially happen to Matt Jones if he goes anywhere but the 49ers. Because I think if he goes to the 49ers, he's going to have a great coaching staff to work with him. He's going to have a good offense to work with. He's going to have an up-and-coming franchise in the NFL to really work with, and I think it's going to click for him. But I'm concerned that if he goes, and maybe this won't be the case. I don't know. I'm not, af- I mean, I'm not afraid to be wrong on things. So I really don't care. But it's just an intuition that I had, and I kind of wanted to talk about with you guys. So... I just think that the Niners is where he damn well better go if it, if he wants it to click out of the gate. Anywhere else, I'm worried that he might become like a Sam Darnold in that respect. So make of that what you will. That's just kind of a gut feeling I had for some odd reason. Uh, let's see here. Got some comments I want to get into. Spartan Barton just stays on it, man. Um Let's see here. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, to this point we were making about Matt Jones and his athleticism, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, all are, uh, and then Brett Favre as well, your Tom Brady's, they're not the most athletic quarterback. I actually kind of think Drew Brees kind of was, uh, in my opinion. But you're right, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre and then Tom Brady, as we already mentioned, they're not the most athletic quarterbacks. They're average at best. But look at how good they are at being a quarterback. And that's something that I can kind of relate to in baseball because you might have a guy that can throw straight gas. He might be up 90 to 95 mile an hour on the gun. However, can he pitch? Because being able to throw hard and sling it, and being able to pitch are two different things. You can throw 90, 95 all day, but if you're not hitting the zone, we're just going to walk around all day long. If you're throwing it right down the middle, flat, you're just going to get shelled because eventually the hitters, if they're average at best, average to great hitters, it doesn't matter how hard you throw, if it's flat and you're putting it in the same spot every time, a good hitter is going to be able to time that eventually, and you're going to get shelled. 
But somebody that can pitch can spot it up, can change speeds, can change uh, your rhythm. You know, when you come set, you change up your timing. That's when I learned uh, a long time ago, like in Little League. Like I remember, and I thought it was it was a crazy revelation. But it's like you come set, and sometimes you hold for three Mississippis. Sometimes you might come set one, boom. Then you might mix it up again, maybe four misses. Like you mix up the timing. That's it. And you might only throw 80. You might only throw 75, but you can pitch. And so you're effective. You've got the movement. You've got the location. You've got the timing, the different rhythms. You can pitch. And you might be able to outpitch somebody who's just throwing 90, 95 hard, but they can't pitch. That's here. That's that's what we're talking about here. You might not have the most athletic quarterback, a Tom Brady, a Matt Ryan, a Peyton Manning, a Brett Favre, maybe even a Matt Jones. But damn it, if they can't be a great quarterback. And, you know, we obviously know that was a deal with Tom, all of these guys that you mentioned. So that's a good observation there by Spartan Barton, 100%. Um, let's see here. A quarterback's best weapon is his brain, then accuracy. Only if you have the first two does athletic ability matter. I could get on board with that. And, I, and, and again, going back to Tom Brady, he's got the brain. Good God, he's got – I mean, he's got a supercomputer up here. I mean, he's like levels above everybody else with his mentality and his planning and his just strategy about how he goes about things. And he's got the accuracy. You know, one thing – and I'll put this one up, uh, your accuracy comment. One thing I really noticed about Tom Brady – in the playoffs this year, maybe he does it all the time, he probably does, but I noticed it specifically uh, in the playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl. He, I mean, man, he really had that high-arcing pass down. You know, when his receivers were out on a run, he had the, the ability to put it up in the air on such an arc, and it just dropped down right in their hands. I mean, he like, and, and specifically – in the end zone that I noticed this because it was so effective and it's so dangerous at the same time. It's like he was able to get up over the defenders and bring it down in the back quarter of the end zone to his receiver over and over again. In the I noticed it so much in the playoffs, which it, I mean, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And it was again, just a live Testament that Tom Brady is not the greatest athlete, probably one of the not very great athletes, but, man, he's a good quarterback. Man, he's got the accuracy. Man, he's got the brain power, the mentality, the strategy up here. And that's why he's the GOAT. So, yeah, Spartan Barton nailing it, as always. Uh, what do I think about Trey Lance and Zach Wilson? Uh, I think Trey Lance is going to pop. Um, I, I feel really good about him. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about Zach Wilson. I just don't. He's probably the one quarterback he's probably the quarterback that I know the least about coming out. So I'm not going to put a stake in the ground on that. Uh, so, I mean, I hear a lot of good things about him, but I, I personally don't, I have not watched him really play. I didn't watch his pro day. Um, so I don't know a ton about Zach Wilson, but Trey Lance, I feel pretty good about, I think, uh, I think he's, he could definitely make some noise in the league. So uh, let me change up the tune here. As we've got about 12 minutes to go. This has been a good this has been um a good episode. I've I've been enjoying this one because it's been kind of different. It's been kind of more opinionated, I guess you could say, you know, 
it, but it, but that's fun. Like I, I love to get different perspectives on things. Like that. That I need to get a sip. Parched. That's one thing that uh, you're never going to see me shy away from on the show is differing opinions because you know a lot of people get kind of butt hurt and upset when somebody disagrees with them or takes the complete opposite view that they do. But me, like I welcome that because to me, like I love to see how we're different. Like I love to see our differences. Like I love to see, um, you know, the different ways of looking at things. Like I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm not afraid to have a, 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 us to di differ in our opinions. Like I actually think that's what makes us unique as humans. And I wish more people were not afraid to like discuss differences of opinions. Like, uh, so anyway, but um, let's see here. Uh, Spartan Martin asks, what do I think about the running backs in the first round? That's another one, and I, and I think this is a testament to both the fact that uh, we look at the ACC so much and the fact that we've been so ingrained in quarterbacks in this draft. I don't know a lot about the running backs coming back either other than ETN, you know, the Williams and uh, – the backs coming out of UNC. Uh, so it's hard for me to say about anybody other than them. I, I mean, as far as ETN, somebody's going to get a winner. Somebody's going to get a win. Uh, maybe this is just me being biased about our ACC guys, but I'm telling you, I think Williams, um, let's see here. Uh, I think Williams and ETN are, are both going to kill it in the NFL. Again, that might be me being biased. But uh, especially ETN. So that, that, that'll that go to tell you, I'm, I'm not even being biased towards Carolina. Like, I really feel good about ETN entering the draft. And, and Will, uh, he says, as a Dolphins fan, I'd rather take the UNC running back in round two or three than Najee Harris. Fair enough. Uh, I hope it happens for you, man. And, and Spartan, well, actually – says he loves the UNC running backs. And then we'll actually wrap up with this because this is just a great stamp in the day because I'm actually out of time. Uh, Spartan Barton says, life is nothing without differing opinions. And I couldn't agree more, my friend. And that's, again, that's why I love the comment section so much because I get to see those differing opinions in action. We get to engage about them live on air. Uh, and again, I hope it helps me hopefully bring you guys value and continue to uh, build up this community that we're building here on Landry football. So I'm actually out of time. Uh, I really enjoyed today's show. You guys appreciate everybody that tuned in, appreciate our podcast listeners. Uh, and then obviously everybody that's tuning in after this is posted on Twitch. Uh, appreciate all of you. Appreciate our sponsor, American betting experts, as always. Uh, we will do it again Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, ACC tailgate right here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, I have been your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Hit me up on any social media. I'd love to continue to get to know you guys and get to know those uh, differing opinions so I continue to hopefully bring you guys as much value as possible. So have a great rest of your day. Have a great Wednesday. Uh, I'm a, I know I'm going to do my best to do that. Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on Chris Landry Football. We'll see you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.